Hello and welcome to Salt of the Earth. This show is about the people making a difference in farm and food at home and abroad. Ireland has some of the best food in the world and this podcast is about connecting the people who produce this food with the people who eat it. Salt of the Earth is proud to be part of both the Farm and Rural Ag Network and the Eat Farm Now Network. For more great ag-related podcasts, videos and blogs, just visit farmruralag.com or eatfarmnow.com. My name is Brendan Byrne and on today's show we are going to speak with David Atherton, MD with Thompson & Joseph, who are based in the city of Norwich in the UK. David is an expert advisor in ruminant mineral nutrition and is passionate about all things soil. Hello, David. You're very welcome to today's show. Thank you, Brendan. Very good. So listen, tell me, you're, you, you, you own Thompson & Joseph. So what is Thompson & Joseph? Thompson & Joseph uh, is a nutritional feed additive supply business to the agricultural trade, to feed mills, to premix manufacturers and mineral supplement producers. So I'm supplying some of the inputs that they then combine into animal feeds and mineral supplements. Very good. And you're based in East Anglia, and we we just had a bit brief meeting there about you know where you see the industry going, what problems you solve. So from an Irish uh, agriculture farming point of view, could you just talk about say New Zealand, you know, and this would be pretty topical and of interest to Irish dairy farmers in particular. What could you compare the two countries really? Well, New Zealand uh, went through a massive dairy herd expansion in the early 2000s, so nearly 20 years ago now. And Ireland has mirrored that expansion in more recent times. So it is useful to compare the two countries because they're both pastoral-based. And New Zealand has run into quite serious issues with, with water quality, um, with greenhouse gas emissions, and they've had to take actions in order to mitigate the negative environmental aspects of this bigger national dairy herd. And Ireland is going to have to address these challenges too, because we, we are already seeing the impact of a 38% increase in dairy cow numbers in Ireland since milk, milk quotas came off in 2015. And that's already been seen in a failure to meet greenhouse gas emission targets and also in a continuing deterioration in water quality. So are there any positives, in other words, uh, if we weren't in the EU compared to, would we be be more like New Zealand at this stage, do you think, just as a a question? If Ireland wasn't in the EU, would we be more like uh, New Zealand is at the moment? I don't think so, no. I think um, New Zealand and Ireland are on a parallel track, sure. but New Zealand is about 20 years further down the road. So I think we've got a lot to learn from New Zealand mm-hmm. in terms of the actions that they've taken to mitigate these uh, adverse environmental impacts as a result of an increased livestock production. So we have a lot to learn from New Zealand, I think. So we're looking in a way that, that, that we can learn from how to handle these issues. Very much so, because the model of uh, Irish dairy farming is pretty much based on the Kiwi model, 
from New Zealand. So there's a lot of similarity. So we can um, take the uh, experience and the actions that the Kiwis have, uh, have established and we can adopt them here, uh, almost like for like, I think. So the problems that you solve, that Thompson and Joseph solve, what, from a side science point of view, you know, what, I suppose what are the issues that need to be addressed, you know, four or five, what, what, what would be the, the main issues, do you think? Well, it's interesting in that um, I've been a dairy nutritionist for 40 plus years and I've run my own business for most of that time, supported by a, labor a laboratory and analysis service. So we have an enormous database on the uh, nutrient and mineral content of grass and grass silage going back over 30 years. And over that time, we've seen a deteriorating trend in the nutrient quality and mineral balance, particularly of grass silage. For example, we're seeing much higher levels of potassium, iron and molybdenum, for example, in grass silage now than we did 30 years ago. And these elements are adverse to cow health. They cause probably somewhere near 90% of the nutritional disease that we see in dairy cattle around calving, with infertility, and poor health. So this is what really got me interested in soils because it took me a little while to really understand why were we seeing these deteriorating trends in the feeding value of grass silage. And in summary, the answer lies in the soil. Mm -hmm. And it lies in a deteriorating soil quality, particularly related to soil health, which is supported by soil life. Earthworms, bacteria, fungi, the multitudinous life forms that support each other in, in the soil. So the life in the soil has been impacted <clears throat> through agricultural practices? It has indeed, and uh, it's very easy to establish soil health. All you need is a spade to go out and dig a hole in a pasture. And nine times out of ten, you will find serious compaction issues. So that is, the soil structure has collapsed, it's squeezed air out of the soil, and as a result, that has led to a deteriorating soil health, because life has progressively disappeared. Worms have gone. Bacteria and fungi are at, uh, operating at much lower levels. And as a result, this has consequences in terms of the potential productivity of grassland, but also the health of grassland as it impacts uh, dairy cattle and beef cattle. So it's a significant, a significant problem. How would you say that you're different, you know, your value, what you offer to customers and your, with your laboratory and your solutions you know do you use uh, a different method of analysis like the, you know is there is or is it a standard like chagas analysis no it's a standard chagas analysis we follow that very carefully so we can compare our analysis really with the labs that are established in ireland o over many many years i think we have the benefit in that we take an integrated approach to nutrition most of uh, my fellow dairy nutritionists are just interested in the dairy cow, in the nutrition of the cow. We start with the nutrition of the soil, which supports the nutrition of grass, which supports the nutrition of the cow. Much of that nutrition ends up back in slurry and dung and manures, and that goes back onto the soil again. So we have this natural cycle 
of minerals and nutrients flowing around from the soil to the grass to the cow to the slurry and back to the soil again. A circular economy. Circular natural, economy. Natural circular economy. Indeed. And we take an interest and a specialisation at each point of that natural cycle. So it's very much an integrated approach. That's interesting. So, again, solutions then. So I'm a dairy farmer and I have issues with my silage and with my cows. You know, what, what would you do? What would you come in to advise me on? Well, information is king, really. So we always start by analysing the forages, sometimes silage, sometimes growing grass, soil, at the appropriate time of, of the year, which is usually at the end of the year when soils are quiet, um, and use that as a basis for developing a nutrient management plan. And that includes liming, of course, checking the soil pH, ensure your lime status is correct, ensuring your P's and K's are correct as well. That's one part of the program. So we call that soil fertility. The other aspect is soil health. and we establish that by basically going out in the field and digging a hole. And that tells us a tremendous amount about the health of the soil. As I said earlier, we see a lot, lot of compaction. So the program I introduce is designed to reduce compaction, to get air back into the soil, to allow soils to breathe, to support soil life. And that will often start with mechanical um, interventions using aerators or soil litters to break up this surface compaction to get air into the soil which uh, roots need in order to, to thrive and grow and be active in absorbing nutrients. We also need air to support soil life and we also want to ensure the soil is porous so that it absorbs rain rather than running off the surface taking nutrient with it and polluting watercourses. So a physical intervention is usually the, the starting point once we've established the degree of... And that on its own, would that create change? Absolutely, yes, absolutely it is. Um, I think there's a often mixed experience with um, aeration, for example, because there are very different types of machines on the market. It's done at different times, there's different soil types. So it's important that aeration is done at the right time, which is in the autumn, when soils are moist but not wet, um, because you can do as much harm to soil structure with aeration as you can do good. So I think this is why it's got quite a mixed experience uh, with, the with the farming community. Um, but, but it is an important tool to be used correctly. The second part of the program is this nutrient management, getting your soil pH right, your lime status, your P's and K's. And the third part is to um, compost manures and slurries in order that you can return good aerobic living bacteria back to the soil to start to build the soil microbial community. And you compost, how, uh, how is that done? Well, with dung, it's done very natural, easily. Natural. It's a natural thing, and you need no inputs at all, apart from air, apart from oxygen. And to turn the dung heap to ensure that oxygen gets in to support the aerobic bacteria that break down the, uh, the nutrients within, within the dung and convert them to useful forms. So you, you're the, on the chemical... <clears throat> 
analysis, you're changing one form of nitrogen to another form. Is that correct? Yes. In, that, in, that? in a typical dung heap, we're turning nitrogen from what we call ammoniacal nitrogen, which is mainly an ammonia form, which is the way it comes out of the back end of the animal, into an organic nitrogen form, which is basically microbial nitrogen, microbial protein. And you can establish the progress of this conversion from ammonium nitrogen to organic nitrogen purely by smelling the dung heap. At the start, 99% of the nitrogen might be in an ammoniacal form. At the end of the composting process, less than 1% of the nitrogen is going to be in the form of ammonia. So you get this very rapid conversion as long as there's oxygen. About. And you get a, a biology effect, so it's biology friendly. It is. You're switching the microbial population away from what we call anaerobic bacteria, which don't like air. They tend to support the putrid, rotting type of activity that can occur in dung heaps to the aerobic bacteria, which are oxygen breathing, and we refer to them as the good microbes. And they're the ones that uh, could do this conversion of the nitrogen from ammonia form to an organic form. And they also help to support life in the soil as well. So we're taking that analogy of, of a dung heap, if you like, sure. to, to liquid slurry, which is a very different medium. Obviously, it's, it's in a liquid form, much more difficult to compost. But there we use a biological additive, a microbial additive, to go into the slurry to affect the same sort of change away from anaerobic bacteria to aerobic bacteria. And we see the same conversion of nitrogen from mainly ammoniacal nitrogen to organic nitrogen. And again, the progress of this transition can be established purely by smelling the slurry from the odour. And we often find that at the end of the winter period, having started the composting process at the start of the winter period, then odour is much reduced. And the benefits to the farmer, we, we heard a few in the meeting, but if you just wanted to repeat some of the benefits that, that some of the farmers get from using your particular... What is the name of the product that you use? It's Digested. Yep. It's produced by BioAg in Australia, who have a, a long history of producing biological agents for composting and breaking down organic components. Um, it, uh, it, it, it's put into the slurry tank at the start of the winter, and the benefits that we tend to see when slurry starts to be pumped in January usually and through, through the spring is a more uniform slurry that's easier to uh, pump and spread. Uh, there's less blockages um, of, uh, particularly if you're using an um umbilical system, it tends to sort of go through um, a, a pipeline very much, much easier. We also see reduced odor with the product. That's important. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. important too. Um, uh, but probably more importantly, we see a response in the field. We see, and we measured this and reported it, more grass growth, typically of the order of 20% increase in grass dry matter yield by, by composting slurry. So uh, a very good return on investment by the sound of it. Yes, it is. Because grass is the cheapest food for dairy cattle, improving grass dry matter yield and utilisation has a disproportionate effect on dairy herd profitability. So again, using Chagas figures of 173 uh, euros per hectare 
for every one ton extra grass dry matter yield per hectare, we know from the trial work that we've done that we're getting a response, a cost-effective ratio of about 12 to 1. So for every one euro you spend on digestive, you're getting 12 euros back in extra grass dry matter yields. Fantastic. And you're probably getting a knock-on effect then in the, in the balance. Does it affect the balance of the grass and the forage? Indeed. I talked earlier about these excessive levels of potassium, molybdenum and iron that we've seen building up over the last 30 years because of deteriorating soil health quality. And one of the effects we do see fairly quickly of um, applying a composted slurry is an improvement in the mineral balance, particularly with molybdenum. Now, molybdenum is an element that interferes very much with cow fertility. It's a big problem in, in Ireland. And the work we've done has shown a 50% reduction in molybdenum within a three-year period from, uh, from using composted slurry. So you're, you're going to get a healthier herd, and uh, that's going to be quite significant financially as well. If you, Ab if absolutely. You add it all up, yeah. So it's part of a program, and it's, it's a program that you, uh, it's push, you know, put out through um, some of the co-ops here with the help of Devonish, is that right? That's is that the way it works here in Ireland? Would that's you, correct. Yeah. I've been working with Devonish for, for many years, for ever since they started, really, the, the new Devonish, which is uh, now over 20, 20 years. Um, but the soil activity has been more recent, probably in the last 10 years, as we've started to appreciate um, why we're getting this deteriorating feeding quality of, of grass silage. So my primary, my primary work is, is with Devonish, and through Devonish, I'm working with their customers and clients in the field. It sounds like a great uh, potential for Irish dairy farming. You know, has your hand been taken off? You know, is it how? You know, is it is pushing water up a hill? I mean, it sounds a fantastic idea. It sounds like a lot of Irish dairy farmers co-ops should be actively involved in, in looking at this very very seriously. There's a lot of interest in sustainability, particularly with the co-ops, because they're under pressure from their customers, international customers to supply milk products in a sustainable way. It's not just about using energy in the processing plant, it's how that milk is produced down on the farm uh, to ensure it's done in, an environment, in a way that doesn't damage the environment. That's the key thing. And our plan is all about producing milk meat economically in an environmentally sustainable way. It sounds like, you know, Thompson and Joseph Devonish Irish farmers could be in a sweet spot here if we get this right for the sale of our products internationally. You know that we've healthy soil, healthy animals, healthy food. You know, mm. it, there's a story there to be told if we get that correct. Absolutely right? right. Yeah. So tell me, we won't keep you too long because you've been been in Ireland for the last few days, and, and uh, but uh, you know, what's next for Thompson and Joseph? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. I think we, because we've seen the benefit of the use of good microbiology, good bacteria, if you like, on slurry and the way that impacts grass growth, we want to now investigate the role of microbiology on tillage to see if we can have the same impact there on improving soil health which will enable us to reduce some of the chemical fertilizer and agrochemical inputs uh, to see if we can maintain and even improve grass uh, 
tillage crop yield uh, and quality. It's tremendous, you know, it's, it's absolutely. So, uh, again, we uh, really appreciate having the chat here. We're, we're time constrained here this evening. I would like to ha have, have longer with you, but <laughs> unfortunately not this evening. Um, again, this is very much about, I suppose, it's, you know, the soil health, human health. It's about nutrient density. It's about farmer viability. It's about biodiversity. And Ireland can certainly reach in that with the help of what you're doing and with what Devonish is doing. On a lighter note, what does uh, Thompson and Joseph, and you know, with regards to David, your health and fitness? So part of this is promoting human health. Do you have time to keep fit? And if you do, what 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 do you do? Yes, I do have have time. Uh, I'm a great walker, and I've walked some of the long distance walks in the UK, the coast to coast in Yorkshire, which is just under two hundred miles 350k and uh, I've also have walked all the long distance walks in my region of East Anglia which is on the eastern eastern seaboard of the UK so that's how I keep fit that's good it's a, it's a great <laughs> message for everybody you know? so look it's been great having you here today I'd love to have another half an hour with you at least but it's not going to happen today so I wish you all the best and every success with with Thompson and Joseph and your undertaking you know what you're doing here in Ireland with Devonish and for those who would like to find out more your website is www.tandj that's t-a-n-d-j.co.uk great stuff David listen thanks again for joining us today um, my name is Brendan Byrne and you have been listening to Salt of the Earth catch us on Twitter at Salt Earth Era so until the next time it's Sloan goodbye and good luck thank you David